0: Welcome to the 5G Victory podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. Thank you. This is where round of applause goes. Thank you. So before I um, start to announce people on the stage, let uh, us repeat uh, some very uh, important acronyms: quantum key distribution, which is uh, QKD, and post-quantum cryptography, which is will be also mentioned on stage, PQC. So. Please welcome now the moderator of the event to take place, please. Leading QKD engineer of Latvia State Radio and Television Center, Leo Trukšans. Leo, welcome to the stage. This is your chair. Then 5G program manager for NATO Cooperative Cyber Defense Center of Excellence, Matias Manning. Welcome. Future Programs Officer of European Space Agency, Zois Kokonis. Yes. Member of the board of Latvia State Radio and Television Center, Evi Staubem. <laughs> Cryptography researcher and scientist at AIT, or Austrian Institute of Technology, please welcome Christoph Strieks. Associate Professor of, of University of Latvia, Alexander Belovs. That's our panel. You can uh, still uh, use opportunity to ask questions. It's live5 Com where to do it. And now, Leo, welcome.
1: Thank you.
2: Uh, so uh, we start this discussion uh, with uh, every Uh, I know that Elver Tetsai company has uh, historically had background in broadcast infrastructure, but uh, in late uh, decades, uh, last decades, uh, has been active in providing new services. Uh, So what brings Elver Tetsai to quantum technology? Why this is important?
1: Yeah, thank you, Leo. And uh, first of all, thanks to the audience for the big crowd. We had the last year I don't know, three times smaller room, and uh, it's nice to see that uh, it's growing. And um, also, the um, uh, I know remotely there are many listeners, so also hello to them. But um, as a short intro from the company, uh, of course we can we, we can we can have a separate session for that. The heritage is a television, radio, as a, as as the misleading name stays, but uh, there are many others and. Uh, one important part is the critical critical communications. That's basically why we are talking uh, about the quantum cryptography and, 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 and the quantum uh, altogether. But um, let me tell you a very very short side story. Um, um, we, uh, not only we, we are having not only the panel, but we had also the full session with uh, three hour I don't know ten, ten presentations, was it? Um, in the morning and, uh, and, and, that, and, and it was a full room and um, uh, at the end of that session we have signed a uh, memorandum with 11 organizations of latvia and uh, there is uh, of course much more than qkd there are quantum computing um, the sensors radars etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's very wide but uh, the memorandum what we what we have signed um, uh, that covers basically many areas and the fun fact is that there are many many um, uh, latvian um, startups, there are academia, scientists, and uh, all of them are working within Europe, many connections and different organizations, different units, EU, uh, NATO, different programs, academia, networks, Uh, and it's very nice to meet in a big cities like Brussels or Paris or whatever, but uh, that's, that's, I think, very excellent to meet in Riga. So we are here and uh, we all know, as Latvians, we know that Latvians are everywhere there even is a, a nice book latvians are everywhere i'm not promoting but there are many stories like uh, forest gump stories about latvians but uh, anyway it's very nice to be in riga and that's why we are here i'm proud to present lvrtc as we are hosting this event and bringing people together we call it critical mass thanks
2: okay thank you um here in the panel discussion we mostly have experts in the field of uh, communications and secure communications Uh, but uh, alexanders is uh, an associate professor at the university of latvia uh, particularly in field of quantum computer algorithms Uh, so uh, what would you say uh, what is uh, where lies the power of quantum computers and how those computers will challenge the cryptography that we know today.
3: Okay, thank you, Al. So, when talking about cryptography, it's important to understand that there are two different realms of cryptography, that are are two different. So, the one is symmetric cryptography and the second one is asymmetric cryptography, also known as a public key cryptography. So, talking about symmetric cryptography, it's a very old concept going back from the ancient times. And so the idea is there are two persons, and they want to communicate securely, and they have a common key that is known only to them, and that is the same key. Okay, and talking about symmetric cryptography, so like modern things would be like DES or IES and descendants. So that particular realm is somewhat secure from quantum attacks, so you can still use it, so no one knows how to use quantum to, to break it. And but for the asymmetric cryptography, it's a completely different story. So the asymmetric cryptography has two keys. So one is private and another one is public. So public is, as you can guess, is known to anyone. And so the idea is that anyone can encrypt and send a message to recipient, but only the recipient can decrypt because he knows the private key. And uh, so theoretically, uh, it's, Possible. It's always possible to get the private key, so it's important thing from the public key, but the trick is that it's computationally inefficient. So, for instance, the two best known schemes are RSA and um, elliptic curve cryptography. So, they are both based on problems that we think are hard, so no one knows how to solve them efficiently. So, that would be uh, factoring integers in the case of RSA and uh, uh, solving discrete algorithm in this case of electric curve, cryptography. Okay, and um, the problem uh, with these two particular things that both of them, it's quite interesting, is that both of them are really uh, not secure against uh, the same quantum algorithm due to Peter Shor, who developed it in the 90s. And so, yeah, so, but on the other thing that is the best well-tested schemes classically, so people really trust them. And they, especially the elliptic cryptography now, they have very short public keys and very fast realizations that is important, especially for embedded devices that, where the power consumption is a big issue, and so people are hesitant to move away from these schemes. Okay, but uh, whenever everyone ha- anyone has a quantum computer that is sufficiently powerful, they can break any of the schemes, so that's the problem.
2: Okay, thank you. Uh, Christoph, uh, you come from Austrian Institute of Technology, which is uh, well known for being one of the leading centers for QKD and other quantum technologies. Perhaps uh, you could tell us what is QKD and how do we integrate it with classical technologies?
4: So, uh, yeah, and there it is, QKD. And you mean also post quantum cryptography, right? Yes. To indicate. OK, so the two abbrevi- abbreviations in one question. So, uh, first of all, hello to everybody here, and also hello to everybody online. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, uh, coming from Austria, from Vienna. And um, uh, let, me, let me point out what I expect. So, first of all, there's currently so much going on in the realm in quantum in general, but also in the so-called quantum key distribution world or quantum communication in general. So quantum key distribution uses physical effects between two entities to securely exchange a key. So this key can be used between them to later uh, en- encrypt data and even used for further authentication me- measures. So. As Alex said before, um, there is another realm which is called post-quantum cryptography PQC. They both, I will go into detail in a bit, Uh, they they can complement each other. But first of all, I have to emphasize the risk of a quantum computer here as well as a cryptographer. So what it means is it was perfectly pointed out. Uh, There's an algorithm which will break the cryptography used in many of your devices, in many of your uh, communication systems today, ranging from sending messages over signal or WhatsApp to our financial data. So this algorithm are at risk today because of the algorithm developed by Peter Shore in the 90s. Currently, what we see, there are the two uh, dimensions, the two ways to go which are called the PQC and the QQD, they are the both the abbreviations again. Uh, and this is what, what, what we will um, foresee in the future. What I believe is that both PQC and QQD will complement each other, will go not only in different, in their own uh, uh, isolated fields, but they can complement each other, they can work perfectly together. And this concept is called hybridization yeah, between PQC and, and QKD, essentially using um, distributing uh, a secure channel between uh, two entities over PQC and the secure channel over QKD, and in the end, at the source and, and uh, the sender and the receiver at the end, uh, the key is combined again. So if one attacker is on the qkd line it cannot break the key because it's still protected by pqc on the other side if one attacker is on the pqc line and tries to get out breaks the post quantum cryptography we still have the guarantees of the qkd this is i cannot emphasize this enough so that's why i believe i expect in the future that for large scale quantum safe networks and i believe we come to EuroQCI later Um, which is uh, going to be a quantum communication infrastructure all over Europe. Um, For uh, such networks, um, uh, a combination of PQC and QKD would be beneficial.
2: Okay, thank you. Um, Matthias, uh, you are also a researcher in uh, secure communications in certain industries. Um, How would you tell What are the current possibilities of uh, quantum uh, applications in communications? Where are we now? What can we do with that?
5: Yes, hello. Um, Being a networking guy on the stage here, and not a quantum guy really, then uh, uh, and dealing with uh, research, uh, we own uh, communication technology platforms. I struggled to put these two topics together and, uh, and, uh, and uh, as with my engineering head I was thinking of a parallel that uh, it's like uh, we have a universe which we know which is all around us we've been exploring it for a while and then suddenly we are talking about some metaverse which is like uh, another universe inside of the universe, uh, in a way. So, in a way, we have the same effect here, that we have an established uh, networking base, uh, kind of like a universe, and then we can put the quantum, which is even bigger than the existing scene, on top of here, or we we start to embed them, in a way. Uh, In our research on the primary domain or path, so to say, uh, if I, for instance, should bring a parallel to the... Uh, relations to 5G research we do we struggle with uh, challenges like uh, uh okay uh, something is described in uh, 3GPP release 16 great that's probably to some extent uh, available in practice as well in the nodes we use uh, for research purposes and in commercial domain as well out there and but then there is uh, loads of uh, security specific features that come in release 17 release 18 release 19 and some of the features we really look forward to in terms of to prove the good security design uh, are even left for the 6G. Uh, so uh, thinking on that path uh, 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 and uh, having a practical approach to research because what we do uh, we want to uh, take into usage in everyday exercises we carry all that uh, we can only do that with the equipment at hand that is really usable and configurable and talking uh, thinking how far we are from what we would like to see in terms of having them standardized and then how big is the gap what's available today in terms of from vendors what's uh, implemented in the nodes and then now thinking okay but the quantum domain is also next here uh, should somehow you know integrate to that uh, I think uh, it feels for a network for an average networking guy uh, it feels very far away on the other hand uh, there is practical uh, usage of that in the fiber connections uh, I, m- I mean uh, the I guess the setup is uh, already uh, to some extent at least uh, usable for in in integration with the DWDM systems so 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 and that's also the you it can be an underlying uh, level for the 5G uh, environment to be used. So, so, in a way, I was describing that it's very far, and if with the other example, it's already here and available. So, this, this is where we are at the moment, in very short.
2: Okay, thank you. Uh, just uh, a quick remark for the audience. I think Matthias is more than. Uh, uh, how did you put it? Simple networking guy. Uh, So, let me continue. Sois, uh, uh, you are with the European Space Agency. How do you see quantum technologies coming to space area?
6: I think uh, there is a very good overlap of quantum technologies and space in in different directions. And uh, first of all, uh, I think we're talking very much we, we are looking at quantum computing as a threat I think we should first see quantum computing as an exciting opportunity and I, I believe that Alexander would uh, very much agree with me because okay it's breaking or it has the potential to break current cryptographic algorithms yes but it has also the potential to, uh, to help us address serious problems so the first aspect where space has a very large interest for quantum computing is exactly in such problems, in terms of uh, mission planning, in handling data that are coming from space and so on. Uh, On the other side, space can offer an experimentation environment for understanding quantum better than we do now, because uh, there are different conditions, larger distances, uh, different gravitational fields, and so on, which allows us to study quantum better. Now, coming a little bit more into the uh, quantum cryptography and uh, security related aspects. Space can support uh, quantum key distribution and that is a way that that is something that is uh, maybe a little bit technical. Normally what what is used to exchange quantum keys and exchange quantum information in general is uh, fiber optics and the attenuation or the, the loss in fiber optics is higher than the loss in free space. That means that you can achieve much higher distances if you are using satellite communication, which allows to scale in terms of, of distance, quantum cube distribution to, uh, to a much larger extent so that you do not have um, quantum secure channel between two cities in the same country, but worldwide, potentially. So that would be one aspect. On the flip side, it is very important to understand that uh, the space assets and the satellite communications are an integral part of what we are using for our, uh, for our regular communication. That means that we need to ensure that these are also secured against quantum, uh, quantum computing capability that would break the current algorithms. This is a couple of uh, sample. Uh, aspects on that because somebody could of of course argue that quantum computers are not yet there so why are we why do we care but there is a a common commonly mentioned threat about that which says capture the data now store it and once the quantum computer is there you can break the cryptography and read it now if we look to the fact that space assets have a relatively long uh, lifetime so the satellites Standing there for a long time you need to do a lot of preparation and so on. It is quite likely that you need to start preparing now For the assets that will be there in in the future. So that will be in a short wrap-up Okay, thank you. Thank you um,
2: Christoph. Um, Uh, You you were also having a talk today during the presentations about the projects that that you do in Austria and uh, the QKD authentication problem. Um, Could you describe us more why is this a problem and how are you tackling it?
4: Yeah. Um, So, when we think usually about uh, QKD, we think of Alice and Bob. They're both connected via a classical, Uh, channel and wire quantum channel and they exchange information and they establish a key only known to both of them. The problem is here before starting QKD you have to authenticate each other, which means this is Alice. Does Alice know who Bob is? Does Bob know who Alice is? Yeah, if you have only one link Alice and Bob are directly connected, this is no problem you can you can solve this with with so-called pre-shared keys you establish you establish keys beforehand, then you do QKD and so on. So right now, QKD needs authentication in the beginning, and this is done on a very, when you have only a few devices; it's no problem. But now the thing comes in when you think of larger networks, like as I said before, the EuroQCI, which consists of several nodes, and they only they want to communicate to each other. The uh, member states want to communicate to each other. Vienna wants to communicate with Riga and so on. And we need trusted node in between because QKD has this range limit. So how is it possible that Vienna can authenticate to Riga and and vice versa? And this is essentially the uh, authentication problem in QKD, which is not that easily uh, solvable. It can be solved inefficiently, with also pre-shared keys. Vienna and Riga exchange uh, a key beforehand only known to both of them, and then they de- then they can do QKD. Uh, uh, QKD. but now think about several other uh, 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 cities in Europe and so on. each has to exchange has to have unique keys with each other, so this is very inefficient also when the network changes, what is happening also when some some node gets down, some node gets up again it must be introduced into the network so this is the this is essentially what we call uh, the QQD authentication problem. And uh, here as well, there's uh, at least uh, one efficient solution to that is also use post-quantum cryptography as a second channel, essentially, as well. It also gives you end-to-end authentication uh, in that uh, that sense. And uh, yeah, that's also also a reason why I believe this is uh, the combination of PQC, because PQC runs on classical networks, right? On classical computers and QKD on, 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 um, uh, on the new quantum devices can benefit from each other, yes.
2: Okay, um, then I will turn back to Alexanders, uh, our algorithm expert. So, how could you explain it in simple words, uh, how BQC saves us from quantum threat? <laughs>
3: Okay, so uh, PQC, that's its post-quantum cryptography. So this means a cryptography that is supposed to be secure when we have a full-scale quantum computers. So, as I said when I talked about, previously, about RSA and elliptic curve cryptography, that they are uh, built upon or rely on um, hard computational tasks, so factoring and discrete logarithm. So the idea is very simple. You just take a hard task, okay, uh, which is suitable, but that is not known. That is still secure against the quantum computer. Okay, and um, so there are, there are many different approaches. The two most popular approaches are either lattice-based cryptography. Just to say, no, r- lattice-based cryptography is a very interesting concept in itself, not only talking about the quantum post-quantum thing, because uh, using lattice cryptography you can do stuff that is impossible using other means, for instance, uh, chromomorphic encryption, and you have uh, different, you can have encryptions, and you can perform a arbitrary operations with that encryptions. That could be very uh, useful, for instance, in voting schemes and things like this. Okay, and so, talking about going back to post-quantum cryptography, so in the case of lattice-based cryptography, and um, the problem that we start, that is uh, used, is running with errors. So uh, it was designed by Oded Hagoff, I think in early 2000s. Okay, and uh, so in this problem, idea is that you have, you have a system of linear equations. So usually, if you think about system of linear equations, you can easily solve it. So you learn it in uh, school or in university. But the trick is that you add a small noise to your result, and then it suddenly becomes a very complicated problem to solve it. And uh, it's possible to build a trap door inside so that uh, uh, the designer, so the person who knows the, the private key, he can still solve this system of equations because he knows a bit more information. But for a general person who doesn't know the private key, it's, it's still hard. Okay, and uh, so the wedding, um, the reading, um, scheme in this case is Kyber, and uh, so it is one of the finalists from the NIST call from 2017 that was called to build like a standard for post-quantum cryptography. Because there were like there were 60 around 60 applicants, so different schemes. So uh, Kyber was one. I think the only final is so far. It will, I think there will be some few announced later, as I understand. Okay, but it means that there is a, a sufficient um, trust in that scheme, and also like initially when we were talking about what is based cryptography, so it was like a theoretical endeavor. and the problem was that the keys were like astronomical. It was really impractical to use this, so it could be keys like measuring key in megabytes. Like which is which is like um, and like also very slow, but now as I worked out, it's not the case for the Kyber. It's become optimized, and um, as I have learned, that if you just replace efficient elliptic curve implementation with with the Kyber, so you get a slowdown of like a factor of three, which is completely tolerable. Okay, and. Um, Yeah, and so it seems that uh, in this case, the future is bright. And so it's still, it's possible to use it practically.
2: Okay, thank you. Uh, So since we are uh, in actually part of a wider conference forum, 5G, uh, let's uh, talk a little about 5G as well. So uh, Matthias, you're a 5G program manager. at an organization and uh, we've all been uh, kind of uh, looking forward to the day when when the edge computing in 5g infrastructure starts to uh, starts to evolve so so the uh, decisions some of the decisions can be made close to the mobile stations um, when do you see uh, 5G infrastructure and edge computing will be evolved so far that we need quantum-resistant communications among base stations?
5: In my mind, um, quantum comes to networking in two uh, perspectives. One is, as mentioned, that uh, you can capture data today, uh, uh, save it, and then access that later when you have the capability at hand. Okay, what do I get then? A couple of years, probably old information. What do I do with it? Maybe not that valuable. Now the second domain is then okay. I'm now putting this into real use and then uh, securing myself for the for the future. Similar uh, cases. Uh, thinking in that direction, uh, as mentioned, the the QKD uh, logic works between like two uh, counterparts that uh, share the. Uh, information in a secure manner, uh, applying that logic to a networking uh, uh, logic, uh, then a classical networking architecture consists of interfaces, uh, that you have a, a, a number of interfaces to each other, it's similar to 5G uh, architecture. And, um, and uh, basically, then between those interfaces, you are able to apply this uh, QKD, uh, and depending on the need, on the on the risk uh, 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 and uh, use case, etc. Now, um, if we think about uh, uh, previous generations, uh, which has been much more like a blade or. or, or uh, hardware-based uh, establishments, then you usually could uh, imagine a data center with a number of nodes and then there's a number of fibers between. You can just go and uh, uh, take some fiber out and put their uh, QKD capable I- information exchange between the interfaces, physical interfaces. Uh, what comes to 5G standalone architecture and edge computing uh, in, in combination of that, Uh, Then we live in a different uh, perspective. We live in a cloud-native environment. Uh, We live in a horizontal bus uh, type of uh, architecture for the interfaces, etc. So I'm really curious to see how the uh, development of the quantum a scene uh, is approaching this, uh, this virtualized uh, networking architecture, what is the type of, uh, they are not then nodes, but what is the type of practical uh, implementations, measures to, to really attach uh, this QKD uh, approach in this virtualized uh, um, architecture. So, so uh, when, I have no idea, how even that is a little bit like uh, uh, not clear but definite that there's a way now it's uh, but it will in the end it will depend on the risk because it, all that will have a cost and then uh, uh, based on that the optimum market will probably develop the optimum uh, where, where it's reasonable to meet
2: Okay, thank you. Uh, So we see during this panel discussion that we are still talking about technologies that are somewhat in their early stages and uh, concepts, even architectures. So, uh, bringing uh, the topics that we discussed, uh, the mobile infrastructure, the space, the possibility of QKD currently in our national infrastructures, I'd like to conclude with one question and I would address this to, first to uh, Christophe uh, and then to Evis. Uh, so, and, and let's be brief about it because our time has, uh, the time for questions has come already. So, um, how do you see EuroQCI initiative progressing, and uh, do you think it will be um, widely covering Europe, or uh, what will be the, <laughs> the coverage?
4: Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Briefly, um, EuroQCI what is EuroQCI, the European Commission set with uh, 27 uh, member states together with the European Space Agency and saying, okay, we want to develop and deploy a quantum communication infrastructure all over Europe and overseas territories as well. So, um, what happened now is that uh, that in each uh, member state, or n- not in each member state, but there are national QCIs and in the member states are uh, national QCIs who are developed, who should later be become the EuroQCI. So each member state develops its quantum communication infrastructure and then in the end, everything should work out together and uh, we'll be fine and we'll be happy. And uh, for that, <laughs> there's the, the, the project called uh, PETROS as uh, a coordination support action that uh, uh, coordinates essentially all the uh, national QCIs together to harmonize um, uh, the efforts there. And if I may make one point here, is that as, as I said, so the national QCIs are developing the quantum communication infrastructure, but now each one could, for example, develop their own architecture. But how to get and how to bind Uh, harmonizing architecture together over Europe? I think this is a very important question, and we need to to see this tackled in the future. So, um, I want to emphasize this here, and and maybe to make a point, yeah. Uh,
2: Yes, exactly. Uh, Ultimately, QKD is about trust, so how do you build uh, such an ecosystem uh, with multiple parties involved? Uh, Evis, uh, do you think EuroQCI is also on our radar?
1: Um, yes, actually, actually, in fact, we are we are already several months in a, in a real project. And uh, yeah again, we can talk more about it, but uh, not enough time, but um, um, the fact is that the LVRTC together with our um, uh, very important partners, we are running the national, uh, national project. Uh, one of one of those, what um, Christoph mentioned, and um, uh, we cannot fail basically in this project. That's 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 not da- that's not an option. But um, uh, about the standardization and uh, and and uh, comp- uh, putting things together, actually, that's a big work. And uh, um, the devices, the Alice and Bob, they are already um, coming from several vendors, but. Uh, um, we did the test uh, it was two years ago and um, two years ago it was not plug and play uh, system uh, yet uh, we don't know how it will be uh, we still uh, have like uh, almost two years to go but let's see how it go- how it will go but uh, the nice thing is that we have a real um, um, real opportunity to put like additional layer on existing infrastructure so the infrastructure is already in place and good thing is that we have running uh, networking equipment what Mathis mentioned, so the network is one area, and then we are putting basically another layer on top of it. And we are not breaking the base layer, so the base layer is in place, it's very stable, so we know it, we know this universe. And we are putting just another layer. And to put things together, we are getting, getting, getting there, definitely.
2: Okay, thank you. So uh, I hope this was an interesting talk, at least interesting to me, and having these experts together on the stage, that's quite exciting actually. Uh, although maybe you didn't see that, but uh, it is. Uh, so um, it is time to get to questions that we have coming online.
0: Yeah, thank you. Uh, first question to the end audience. Do you feel now safer on the topic to talk about it to other people. If yes, please put up your hands if you feel safer to talk about it. All right. <laughs> so, by the way, it's five people more than before, <laughs> so it's a progress. Thank you, because it is a very complicated topic. We must admit it. And that's why one question is how do you get financing for this question? Especially if we talk about public money, for example, if, is there is Is there any public money involved? And how do you talk to the people who wouldn't understand?
2: Well, maybe I will start. Uh, Well, uh, yeah, the financing comes uh, apparently from organizations and funds that uh, see this as a strategically important uh, direction to work in. And uh, as uh, uh, this technology is still quite green and. Yes, also expensive, uh, difficult to work with. Uh, In one of the meetings in Brussels, one of the colleagues said, uh, if not us, who then? Yes. But then next
0: question is, when? So, when do you promise them uh, something usable?
2: Yeah, maybe every when we will have our national. Well,
1: about the financing and about the convincing, um, the, the fact is that the particular European this QSC project, uh, the, the 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 application for the project and discussions were uh, starting before the geopolit- big geopolitical change, like two years ago. It was before, and then the lobbying and convincing the 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 the, 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 the politicians and and, and and basically the public. Uh, okay, this is just a science, it's a nice thing, it will come sometimes, but uh, the big change two years ago, we know what we are talking about, it kind of accelerated the thing, because we are talking about the security. And the closer our, uh, we are to the EU external border, where we are at, at the moment, the discussion is hotter. So we have been in many uh, conferences in Europe, in Brussels, uh, that's the center of Europe, right? But it's far from the, from the border. And since we are here, it's a very good place to talk about the security. So we feel it. Mm-hmm. And that's very important. All
0: right. So these are also the, the, the wordings to use. Because it is about security, and which is really important. A uh, question uh, from Hassan now. Satellite cyber security using quantum can give more protection?
6: Satellites can use uh, cyber security for securing the satellites. And satellites can help through quantum key distribution to secure networks over longer distances. These two things are maybe they have, they have a different approach, but they are mm-hmm. of course interrelated because if the satellite is compromised and the satellite in, in the current approaches uh, to, to expand the quantum key distribution needs to be a trusted node, then you do have a serious problem so We need both to secure the space assets and to use the space assets to help securing And then, uh, if
0: we would have a prize to be given for uh, most complicated questions, Roger would be the one to uh, be awarded. What are the possibilities for integrating quantum-resistant technologies into IoT and autonomous vehicles to protect against quantum-related vulnerabilities in these interconnected systems? it feels to me it's a long long day but that's <laughs> the
2: question montes <laughs> will understand
5: no but uh, what is it's uh, we're talking about a uh, very capable uh, method of um, uh, gaining trust uh, or securing uh, the communication and uh, and uh, There were some examples named in the question, in the long question uh, about the potential application uh, environments, but uh, it can be uh, something that was not mentioned either. Maybe, I don't know, defense domain, because uh, of the sensitivity of the information that's being exchanged is maybe the trigger uh, for its uh, application. So, in the end, uh, I think it... uh, 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 research and, and uh, science is doing its development and market is doing its adoption and in the end customer base uh, where the customer is willing to pay, then they meet. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess it's that simple.
0: So and then the question, do we know all the developers of quantum computing? Do we know them?
2: Alexandros? do we know them? I have no
0: idea, yes.
3: We will adopt it.
0: So one yeah. day it could be a situation when they appear And they get everything because we know that all the data probably is accessed already. Mm -hmm. Maybe
3: maybe I can get like an analogy from from public cryptography For the old days of the public cryptography they said that RSA was the first public known public cryptographic scheme like so pun intended so this means that it was known to the general public also being a public key crypto system but as it turns out that it was not the first one The first one was developed by NASA because that, yes. And uh, I would think that it's quite possible that we have the same signals for quantum computers. I have to add whatever that means.
0: But thank you very much. And round of applause to our panel and to the moderator.